Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. For this episode, we're excited to welcome another special guest, Nick Hathaway, to discuss eLocker. Don will tell us more about Nick at the beginning of the interview. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. I'm Mark Stansbury. And I'm Don Betts. And Don, we have a guest today. We're part of our series uh, as far as featured speakers, and it's exciting that we have uh, a leader in higher education. Please introduce our guest. Oh, it's a great pleasure for me to do so. Thanks so much, Mark. Um, Those of you that have been following these podcasts know that over the last several months, Mark and I have been focusing on a number of the attributes that we look for uh, in terms of leadership and higher education and some of the challenges and opportunities that are facing higher education leaders today. And we found ourselves going through a whole list of attributes such as creativity and collaboration, comprehensive compassion, um, character, et cetera. Um, we had the good fortune recently of doing a podcast with uh, one, of the, one of the thought leaders in Oklahoma in terms of higher education, focusing on the um, student transformative learning record or known as Stellar, when Dr. Jeff King joined us. And I am just so pleased uh, with our guests that we have today, uh, someone who I have watched for many years and admired his work. And although we are at one point serving at different institutions, the, the contributions that he made to the thinking about higher education in the state uh, are really significant. So I'm going to introduce today our, our guest, uh, Nick Hathaway, uh, previously with the University of Oklahoma for almost a quarter century, carried a number of very important senior leadership responsibilities from executive vice president, vice president for administration finance, vice president for strategic planning. Uh, he reminded me as I've read his information and gotten to know him of the consummate utility outfielder um, excelling in a broad range of areas from student success, data science, and we're touching a bit on today, I'm sure, in analytics, community initiatives, uh, international partnerships, which great love for me, um, research support, strategic planning, which simply means that uh, at some point in his career at OU, he was touching on virtually every aspect of the institution's forward movement. And so uh, I'm very pleased that, that he's with us, particularly to focus on a dimension of his vision, uh, which is known since 2018 as eLocker, uh, which I am going to ask him to to explain. But first, let's start off by simply saying hi, Nick, and welcome to Newscape. Thank you very much, Don. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it. And, and likewise, I've admired uh, your work in higher education. Uh, Mark, yours at the board level, and, and Don, your d- dynamic leadership uh, at the president's level. And um, also want to thank you for these podcasts. I've enjoyed the series of podcasts on the five key factors of campus success and um, enjoyed the in- insights and the, the emphasis you've put on, on uh, everything from trust, which is so very important to the pursuit of excellence. So thank you all very much. and I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you. And when we had Jeff on, um, on a previous session, 
talked about the strategic transform, the, the student transformative learning record, Stellar, and, and how important it is for students to be able to document the work that they do and present it uh, to uh, prospective employers and others, particularly in those areas of beyond disciplinary skills. But your vision uh, and the dynamism that you bring to the conversation, not just in Oklahoma and beyond, actually um, seems to, to dovetail a bit into Stellar, but expands far beyond. And I want you to talk to us and to those that join us about eLocker, please. Thank you, Don. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about it. And yes, and certainly I've enjoyed my work with Jeff King at, at UCO. He's definitely a thought leader in this space and our work together has, uh, has benefited me greatly. But yes, the vision for eLocker, you know, it seems like in so many ways, our culture focuses us on, you know, our, the treatment of our data, you know, is Alexa listening right now? And did I just grant 600 organizations the rights to my data by clicking on that box when I was trying to surf the web? There's so much emphasis out there about, uh, about data. And yet, when I think about it, you know, there's a treasure trove of data that's so vitally important to uh, human you know, thriving that doesn't, hasn't really received that kind of attention. And I think that relates to our education data and our educational records, which I think very much belong in the control of the learner and the family. And there are so many exciting opportunities to use that treasure trove of data to explore educational opportunities or employment opportunities or find that perfect match with a job. Um, if you find yourself at that point at the end of an educational career where you're wanting to explore job opportunities or perhaps through any number of the disruptions even beyond the current one that's got a lot of our attention with the pandemic, uh, you're wanting to explore new opportunities. Um, what a great resource to have, uh, to have your records your skills development at your disposal and in your control uh, to explore opportunities for yourself. I think it's just, um, um, you know, there's just so many very exciting opportunities that are enabled by a tool like eLocker, which basically is a partnership with schools uh, to keep your, your education data in one safe place so that you can use it to your advantage throughout your life. Yes. So this goes way beyond the report card, right? Yeah, in fact, you know, when you think about it, when you think about an education and and I think as higher ed leaders in general across the country, we've done a really poor job of telling everyone all of the great things that are part of a dynamic and holistic college education. You know, when you think about it, it's really the marriage of two things as we well understand and I just don't think we've communicated it very well, but when you think about it, there's a liberal arts component of an education that talks about deep human capacities that are that develop transfer, transferable skills, but we're talking about things like the ability to analyze a problem from multiple perspectives and the ability to communicate to multiple and varied audiences, a robust sense of empathy and compassion. You know, these are human capacities that require cultivation, and that's definitely part of a holistic college education. And then there's this other component, which is equally important about technical skills, and depending on your field of study, whether it's art or history or aerospace engineering or what have you, there are technical skills that you need to learn in order to be truly successful. And when you put all of that together, what you get is really the dynamic, you know, rewarding experience of a college education. But, you know, if we did this thing like Jay Leno's jaywalking and walked into Target or Walmart and asked people about what they get in a college education, you're not going to get that answer, you know, because I don't think we've been as effective as we could be. But I think back to the essence of your question, something that contributes to that is, 
is the boring old stale transcript. I mean, my goodness, is that really what you should get at the end of a you know twenty year uh, history? You know, of being in in education, you get a a you know stale document that's got a list of classes together with a with a letter grade. It so much is left um, uh, to be desired there, and I understand why. It looks like that. I mean, it used to be quite an administrative task to collect all those grades from across campus and put them on papers and rub, you know, wrap them in a rubber band. I mean, it was quite an effort to put all that together and record it in a transcript. But the world has, has moved far, far, far beyond that. And I think what really should be given uh, to that learner along the way are dynamic data that they can use to their advantage along the way to explore educational opportunities and ultimately to, fin- to connect with the ideal job. Yes, Nick, congratulations uh, on your efforts and, and thank you for your leadership throughout the years. Uh, in regard to partnerships with uh, schools and, and what else, and it's so outstanding that students have, have this, I mean, I wish I had this opportunity, I wish my children would have this opportunity. It's, it's so outstanding. Are there partnerships, you mentioned partnerships with schools, what about partnerships with corporations? Uh, are, there, are there some efforts going that way as well? Yes, thank you very much. It's a, it's a great question. I think, you know, one of the things as higher ed leaders and educational leaders we've been hearing for a long time is this, you know, concern about the lack of communication between education and employers. And then to some extent, there, there's some real truth there. And when you think about the way that you know, as educators, too often I think we think about the, the you know, ultimate culmination of our activities being graduation. Um, you know, we don't really sort of talk about it as much as we should as sort of contributing to life success, you know, getting into that ideal job. And that speaks to really much more interface and interaction with the employment world to make sure that that connection between education and employment is as is, is strong as it can be. Just like, you know, um, you know, uh, I was talking about the fact that the transcript doesn't convey, you know, a lot of this, the skills that are gained. That's one of the things that you hear from employers. They, they want more insights into, you know, what was learned by that learner. They want more insights into the specific skills. You know, if I'm, a, if I'm somebody who owns a road construction business and I'm looking for, you know, an industrial engineer, you know, I might want an industrial engineer that engaged in more civic engagement, you know, that may have acquired a civic engagement badge, you know, because that's somebody who I know will have the skills and experience and knowledge to interface with state and local, you know, authorities that such that they might need if they're going to be in an industry that's involved in, in, in building roads. And so, you know, there's this one really tiny, simple example of the layers of the, you know, the, the layers of the wonderful things really that are included in a college education that we're not really communicating to employers. And I think if we did a better job of communicating it to employers, then what happens is they get a better employee, one that's more successful and meets their needs. And also you get an individual who's probably more fulfilled in finding a job that is more in keeping with what their skills and, and interests are. So I think it's really a win-win and definitely that conversation and connection with the employers is critical for that win-win. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And Nick, I understand eLocker and our conversations along the way that this really begins before college, correct? In terms of the aggregation of the record? Yes, it does, Don. Um, that's, a, that's another really great question. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the basic premise, and I think the, the analogy I like to draw for people to start to realize the, the full possibilities of it, um, you know, when you go to a doctor, you'd really want the doctor to fully understand your medical history, whether you're allergic to this or that medicine, or whether you've had this or that ailment, or, or that broken bone, and maybe that contributes to the pain that you're feeling. You want your health care to be provided by somebody who's got nuanced insights into your own medical record. Um, whereas I think the same thing applies in education. When you think about how disjointed an educational experience can be moving from one teacher to another, from one school to another, um, perhaps you're homeschooled. You know, there's lots of uh, opportunities there for there to be, you know, uh, disconnects. And so... Basically, the basic value of eLocker is to keep your data in one safe, secure place. And even if that's only what you do, only if only you keep it to yourself, it has value to you and you should keep it be, to realize that value. But I think there are real opportunities along the way where you can use that data, share it at your complete discretion with a trusted educational provider and um, I'm, I know from my own experience at the University of Oklahoma that a trusted educational provider can use that data to advantage that learner and, and contribute to their life as success. I mean, I chaired, I think, as you mentioned, the Retention and Graduation Rate Task Force. I tried to use every piece of data that students would share with me as a leader at the University of Oklahoma in order to enhance, individualize, personalize their OU experience, ultimately leading them to graduation, doing everything we absolutely could. And the truth of the matter is truly that your data can really play a meaningful role in help in those people that are trying to help you. And so um, really eLocker is that tool to, to facilitate that. And, and yes, keep it throughout your life because it, because it has great value. Nick, uh, you had uh, a great experience in international outreach and involvement. And uh, as part of the eLocker, have you, do you have plans? Maybe you're already implementing some plans to go internationally with this as well? Well, the essence of eLocker, um, you know, uh, as I, when I first started to develop uh, uh, eLocker and, and think about it, uh, you know, it's kind of a, just a dream sort of thinking, okay, well, this, this thing should exist. And, um, and then, you know, it's been 18 months or so, and, and along that journey, um, I found a company in the UK, actually, that had built a system that, that really um, had a lot of the components that I had envisioned for eLocker. And so um, it's really interesting that there's this system functioning in the UK that serves over a million students there and over, you know, 50 universities and hundreds of employers are using it to connect and find their ideal employees. And it's, um, you know, it's a system that's, that's functioning well there and, and having a lot of the outcomes we had originally um, dreamed of for eLocker. And so, yeah, there's definitely an international component to this. And in some ways, when you look at some of these other systems internationally, um, you know, they're, they're ahead of us in certain ways. And at the same time, I've got a lot of pride in the American system. And I think it gets a lot of uh, undue criticism for um, for this, that, and the other thing, whereas I think it's one of the most dynamic systems in the world. But in certain ways, and certainly when it comes to technologies like uh, eLocker, um, there are places in the world that seem to be ever so slightly ahead of the United States, and we've tried to benefit from from um, using uh, their knowledge and innovation to our advantage. Nick, I'm understanding from our conversations and also from your comments today 
that we certainly have the technical capabilities and capacities to create and sustain eLocker. And the example that you gave from the United Kingdom, I think, is relevant. And I'm, I guess I'm I'm also assuming, um, and you made a reference to this, that security can be, for as much as it can be guaranteed. So your locker is really your locker. I understand why you selected that term because it means you can really control it. Um, but I, I'm wondering about um, how uh, we move from, from the concept of eLocker. How, how, has, how has eLocker as a, as a concept and as a functioning proposal been received by the various sectors in education, outside of education, et cetera, as you've been speaking about this since 2018? Tell us a little bit about the dialogue you're hearing and, and about the receptivity. Yeah, thanks. I, I think there's a lot of excitement about it. I mean, particularly, you know, um, in this in this moment when um, I think that this current pandemic situation is one of those that um, suggests to everyone that there's a real need to explore doing things uh, different, to really, you know, avail ourselves perhaps of the opportunities for innovation that have always been on our doorstep, but maybe we just didn't open up the door and and uh, I think that um, some of the, the stress, um, whether it's concerns about enrollment or um, other sorts of stresses that are brought by this current circumstances, really had the corollary um, benefit of opening people's eyes and ears to, to innovations. And so um, as we look at some of these things that have been concerns that have been plaguing higher ed and education for a while about that. You know, for instance, the communication with employment, you know, that's something that we've been hearing for a very long time. This thing about, oh, are we really doing a great job of articulating and identifying the skills that we're, that we're um, cultivating within students? Yeah, no, I mean, that's another one where maybe, you know, maybe we should be looking at some of these tools and these strategies that would address some of these, these concerns. You know, I think... Um, you know, it's just a really, it's a really critical moment, I think, um, and across our whole nation and the world. And, um, and like I said, you know, as we all hope for silver lining and, and, and look for, you know, the, the, the opportunities that might be presented here, I think there are some opportunities that have, uh, that have definitely heightened interest in eLocker and, um, and other innovations in education. It's like the time is now. I think um, you know there's really some exciting benefits to the future of the country that, that can be brought by these kinds of innovative approaches. Nick, there are uh, university leaders, uh, corporate leaders listening to this uh, episode. How do they get in touch with you? How do they know, get to learn more about eLocker? How can they implement this program uh, and the students also? Thank you, Mark. Yeah, we've put together a, a, a great e, uh, website at eLocker.org, which is really um, part of our, um, you know, marketing and education about the concepts. And I'd invite anyone to visit that that website. And um, it's really it's got a, it's got all the components of the the vision, and also lists our partners. We're members of a number of national associations that are all advancing this space, and we're certainly thankful for our linkages with those, whether it's the T3 Innovation Network um, sponsored by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce or the IMS Global Learning Con Consortium or Pratt PESC, and there are some other ones on there. Um, we're excited by our affiliation with them and, um, and invite anyone to, to look, at the, look, at our, look at our website, and there's an opportunity through the website to reach out um, to us and our team, and, and um, we're, we'd be excited to engage. It seems, as I said before, 
um, we're receiving more inquiries uh, than ever, and um, and I'd be excited to talk to employers and inst- and educational institutions in Oklahoma about uh, pursuing these strategies for the benefit of really the workforce and uh, the educational system. Nick, back in uh, back in the fall of 2019, I think I attended a presentation you had made, or you were ma- happened to be there uh, regarding a concept that was called Oklahoma Success Hub. And I was wondering um, if that relates um, to eLocker and if there's a, a congruence there between the two uh, concepts. Yes, thank you, Don. There definitely is. Um, um, the, the Success Hub uh, concept really was an opportunity to, I mean, so often just because of my career and my passions for education and, and kind of the earliest sparks for the vision for eLocker came from my experience in education and really my ambition to try to graduate 100% of the students from the University of Oklahoma uh, each year. So that's kind of what drew me to these strategies. Uh, But the success hub was really an opportunity to try and frame it from the perspective of an employer and to show them uh, the all of the benefits that are there for employers. I mean, to find you know, when you think about it, um, there are some really, uh, you know, real world practical benefits to a company to find the right employee, right? And also to find one that might be in your backyard so that you don't have to go through the expense of recruiting them from some other part of the country. Um, so whether it's, um, you know, reducing training costs by finding the exact right employee or, the, you know, the one that's more ideal to fit your job than another one. Or perhaps, um, you know, like I just said, uh, preventing you from going through the expense of recruiting someone here. eLocker, um, I think once it's fully implemented, is really going to um, help employers, particularly those that are um, here in Oklahoma that might want to be growing their business and might be struggling to identify the talent um, that they need to fuel their business forward. I think there's just an absolute ocean of talent here in Oklahoma that these companies um, should have better tools to mine that talent in order to find the talent that they need to move forward. And, and you know, it's kind of like I was saying before about the collection of grades on a college campus. When you look, about, look at the process right now for matching talent with companies, you come up with some things that almost are similar to, those, to that stack of papers wrapped with the rubber band. It's not very sophisticated stuff. And so I think in, in using some of these strategies that are, um, that are advanced, and incorporated within eLocker, you'll see that there are private employers that are reaping those benefits that I just described. And, and to your good point, the success hub um, idea was really uh, just framing it from that slightly different uh, perspective, that which would be the rewards and opportunities of an employer. Nick, in, in summary, if you had some takeaways for the listeners, uh, what would those takeaways be? I like the simple concept that you know, really um, wrap your um, mind and energy around the notion of the value of your of your your child's or your own educational records and skills development history. Then, and really, you know, contemplate the potential um, to use that to advance um, your child's life or your life and explore educational opportunities in the world um, to advance your uh, child's education or your career. I think that there's just um, a lot of opportunity there. And, and um, 
And I would just invite people to think about that. You know, like I said, there's so much focus on data in the world and data privacy and data security. And I think people are a little, um, you know, uh, uh, not mindful enough of uh, the value that is lost um, through uh, the not safekeeping of those of those records and using them to your advantage. So um, that first and foremost. And also, I think. The other thing I would leave with is just a real sort of, um, I'm excited about the future of education. I think there are some really exciting opportunities. And when I think about the struggle with the workforce right now with unemployment and whatnot, I'm similarly excited about the opportunities that exist in some of these innovative tools that I think that, um, you know, when we deploy them, and I think we will in short order, I think it'll get the economy back up and running in a great way, and it'll it'll help people find uh, the jobs that are that are ideal for them. So, so I'm excited. Well, Nick, uh, one of the goals that Mark and I have had when we first began to talk about Newscape was to really uh, have an opportunity to connect with the thought leaders in our state and beyond that are ready to convert ideas into action that positively impacts real people in real time, institutions, and state. Um, I think your your entire career is an is an example of of that, and just the comments you've made here over the last few minutes make it very clear that, um, at least to me, and I think to the listeners, that that uh, your orientation is toward creating a better outcome for people way beyond yourself and the state uh, and its students, et cetera, benefit dramatically from your acumen and and your passion and your insight. So in leaving, I would just love to have you say just a couple of words, because you mentioned earlier about the challenge that we all face in education and society right now. If you had to boil down some of the essential skills that you think someone needs to carry forward, particularly if they're in a leadership position, like in higher education that you know so well, what would be those few touchstones, those perspectives, attitudes, or skills, you would say, you really want to cultivate these in order to be effective in this world of challenge and change? Well, first, I would echo to you, Don and Mark, that my appreciation for the role that, that, that you've been playing in higher education over a long time horizon. And there's a, there's a strong collegial spirit uh, among the leaders in higher education in Oklahoma. And I think we all learn from and borrow from each other. And and really, um, in answering your question, I would um, I would sort of echo some of the things that I've that I've heard in the podcast so far. You know, when I when I hear the wisdom and the guidance that you're providing in these podcasts to um, leaders in higher education and beyond, I hear things things like you know you know a robust sense of empathy, compassion, and creativity, and building the uh, culture of excellence and trust. You know, and that uh, as you were talking about communication, you talked about, um, you know, having to, you know, the, how communication, it's important to instill that t- culture of trust. And I think, I think in there, in that sort of strict adherence to a core set of admirable values, I really think that if you get that right, then the rest will fall in the line. I mean, when you think about it, as a higher education leader or an education leader in general, you're surrounded by a lot of really bright people that can help you tackle just about any challenge, right? I mean, it's not a, there's no lack of subject matter expertise, but I think what is critical, which you well understand and you've advocated for in these podcasts is that you really have to get the values right. You have to have that culture of trust. You need to be that 
uh, and, and really adhere to that and, and stick to it um, and never waver from it. And in that way, I think that um, you'll build the not only the strongest core position as a leader, but you'll be building the strongest institution at the same time. So, so I, I, I really appreciate, um, I appreciate what you all have said. I appreciate the lessons that I've learned from you all. And, um, and I, I think that's, that's how you would do it. Thanks for joining us for our interview with Nick Hathaway. You can read more about him and his company, eLocker, and see the links referenced in this interview in the show notes that accompany this episode. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. We'll be back soon with more episodes on new topics and even with some special guests. 